Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This podcast is sponsored by Vantage Point Archery. Are you tired of broadheads that don't give you perfect flight every time? It's time to make the switch to VPA broadheads. These rock-solid CNC machine broadheads are precision-made to ensure flawless flight with every shot. No weld lines or brazing. These broadheads possess bone-splitting strength that will give you the confidence to take down any game. I personally made the switch last year to VPA because I truly believe in the product. Being able to use your broadheads on your target during practice gives you confidence on how your arrow will fly when it's game time. These broadheads will literally last forever because you can just resharpen them time and time again. VPA broadheads are not only durable, but they're also ethical and proudly American-made. When you choose VPA, you're supporting a brand that values quality and craftsmanship. So why settle for anything less? No matter the animal you're pursuing, VPA has the perfect broadhead for you. With options like two-blade, three-blade, single or double bevel, vented or solid, and weights ranging from 100 to 300 grains, you can customize your setup to fit your needs. So get ready to hit your target with precision and accuracy this hunting season. I personally shoot the single bevel 125 grain non-vented. Gus, how about you? Yep, I also shoot the single right bevel at 125 grains. I love the way the broadheads shoot, how durable they are, and at 125 grains, it's solid, versatile broadhead for all kinds of hunting. Precision in the field starts at VPA. Don't compromise on subpar broadheads that may let you down. In my experience, they will let you down. Trust the experts at VPA to deliver top-notch performance every time. Something I'm really excited about is the newest release coming out this season. VPA is introducing the new VPA Omega broadhead. This revolutionary design combines the most desirable features of a single bevel head with the strength of a double bevel head. The result is an unmatched performance and effectiveness in the field. You know what, Gus? Here's the best part. Their patent-pending lay-flat sharpening technology makes the VPA Omega broadhead the easiest two-blade broadhead to sharpen. So say goodbye to the tedious sharpening methods and hello to minimal work and maximum results. It's time to put VPA in your quiver this season and experience the difference for yourself. Don't settle for anything less than the best. Visit vpabroadheads.com to check out the new VPA Omega broadhead and explore their full range of high-quality broadheads. VPA Broadheads, where precision meets performance. Hey, welcome to Whiskey and Whitetails, the show for those that hunt with a passion and drink with a purpose. My name is Gus, typically joined live to record with Matt, as you already know. 
We traveled back today from Lexington, Kentucky, where we attended the Camp Hero Kentucky American Heroes Bourbon and Barbecue Bash for the third year in a row. Great time, raising lots of money for a great uh, great cause, great organization. We had planned to record a new podcast episode for you all tonight upon our return. However, Murphy's First Law was in full effect today, and that's not going to happen. So next week, we'll definitely recap our trip to Kentucky and give some updates on our whitetail season so far. But in the meantime, enjoy last year's episode where we recap the 2022 Bourbon and Barbecue Bash and discuss some tips for planning hunting trips out of state, since many of you are probably planning those trips right now. Enjoy. set over there yeah all right as always brought to you by the waypoint network thank you for having us and thank you to our patrons for always supporting and helping create the show and all the stuff they do mm-hmm. why don't you tell the folks a little bit about what our patrons get yeah we have several tiers you can join for as low as five dollars a month i think and uh once you get in there you kind of figure it out. See what's going on. You get access to a Discord server where a bunch of people in there ch- chatting. It's like an online party in there. Most it is days. like an online party. It's uh sometimes it's slow, but like on the weekends it'd be popping. Yeah, you can definitely tell that everybody's got jobs and people oh, yeah. people be working. It'll We're go working like people all day and no one said anything, and then finally someone's like, "Yeah, <sighs> am I the whiskey. only one drinking?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so then, no, uh, nobody said any, everybody's drinking. Just no one wanted to be yeah, the first yeah. one to say I'm I'm three pours deep on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> yep. And then I get in there finally at like midnight, hammered, and just talk to myself until three a.m. Yeah, he starts. He then starts. I delete the, it all the next morning. He starts the video stupid. chat and yeah, does it. Just stays in there by himself, listening to music. Just you know, that's what I do. <laughs> at this point, I've just come to accept who I am as a person. Oh. But uh, we have a couple other tiers where you can get free stuff, free downloads, and free stuff in the mail. And we're actually, I'm going to Palmetto Trophies on the way home today to look at our options there yeah. for the plaques. For everyone that has one-year memberships, get a plaque. It's going to be pretty legit. I found the wording, too. It's uh, It was like after one year of distinguished and honorable service, and it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> it's really good. Um, Perfect. It was like a sergeant major retirement speech is what it was. Oh, was it? But I'll just have to return it all to you've basically done nothing in a year, but here's the... <laughs> but here's, <laughs> Oh uh, man, we should make um we should make the plaque. Like it, it either goes in my mind, the plaques either go one or two ways. They're either super dope or they are obnoxious and cheesy as all get out. Well, I, it's like because um, the people that have shown appreciation for the plaques have been like, I can't wait to hang this in my office so my boss doesn't think I'm a piece of shit. Oh, and so I want to make them look pretty good. Okay, but too much to read, you know, like a diploma where it's like, all right. This, Clearly, he did something like, like the long, the long uh, thing you get for military awards. Yeah. Which is like that's okay, what I mean. Okay, he got another meritorious one. service, right. and it's like you know, the, I've held every position. He worked in the S shop, and there's deployments and multiple things <laughs> going on. And she's did a good job, and thank you for your service. And then all all, all those military like award yeah. words, like distinguished and meritorious, uh, meritorious honor, valor, honor, yes. valor, all uh, that. Your valor, the valor while consuming copious amounts of alcohol and protection of your liver on days off of not drinking Cheers. service of your body. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. So we'll do something like that. And then we have, an, we have another secret tier that gets you something cooler. Secret tier. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, we weren't recording. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We got that. You watched yeah. me do it. Yeah, this that's time. true. 
So that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the patrons are, it's fun. Patreon's fun. There's a lot of fun. Uh, oh, remind me afterwards to tell you mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Join it. It's lots of fun. We're having a good time in there. So since the last time we talked, um, just you and I, mm-hmm. a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And we had a guest last weekend cause we were in Kentucky mm-hmm. and, um, got some solid feedback on that. Podcast. Great episode. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, cool guest. Very interesting uh, perspectives and uh, pretty cool podcast themselves. So go check it out. Um, and Chief came, which is fun. Chief. And then um, the button anymore. we had the, the dinner that night. What did we do between then and there? Nothing really. Not re- not really anything because we finished up around two. The the little sh- pre dinner shindig yeah, was at like butane. six six thirty. So we went back to the hotel and just kind of hung out. Yeah, we got, we got ready, had some drinks, helped get some of the stuff ready for the dinner. And the day before that, we had a tasting with Mictors that you were late to and um, couldn't go or whatever. But they um, the master matcher mature maturation Andrew is her name. Okay, master of maturation. That's what I want to call her. There's a proper term I can't think of right now. But I spoke to her about podcast stuff, got her card, personal number. She's interested in coming on for a chat. Nice. She's probably one of the busiest people we've ever met. But oh, I can not uh, only imagine. Yeah. And then the um, their master distiller won a hunt at Camp Hero, Kentucky, and requested that we come. Oh, I missed that part. So that's cool as well. Awesome. What kind, what kind of hunt is he doing? Is that a... White, it'll be white. No, maybe it was turkey. No, I think it was white. I don't know. It was next year. Oh, okay. It may have... I don't know what it was, but... um. You know, whatever, we'll drive up for the weekend. and Cool. I told him, yeah, for sure, we'll bring some bottles and we'll talk whiskey, and, and that'll be fun to talk to him about, you know, why is this taste this way? Why is there that, you know, maybe he'll bring yeah. some cool mixture stuff with him. That would be so cool. That's a great connection to have, I think. Well played, sir. Yeah. You know, just trying to make friends out in here, this rough world we live in. But then, um, but Rocco killed that big-ass deer. He sure did, We and we alluded to that. Yeah, uh, before in the podcast before we before yep. you left and said you know check the uh, check, check the check grams. the socials mm-hmm. and you should be some you should see some velvet up there and sure shit you guys close the deal you've been you guys have been talking about that for months yeah we have um, we got the whole video I'll be making here soon it might be out by the time this episode's out it depends on how much free time I get this week but it um, gutted we gutted him right there but I'll tell you the whole story please do. Uh. <laughs> What are you sipping on first? Oh, I am sipping on this new riff behind us. Well, single barrel single bourbon? Barrel. Yeah, it's good. Nice. I'm drinking a store pick, an Old Forester Warehouse L Floor 1, 129.5 proof. Pretty good. And then we have a, um, a sample we're going to get into in a little bit. Oh, I had it. And also a new segment. You got a bunch of, you got a bunch of thoughts today. I know I do, man. We, well, we've, running. we haven't sat down and just been able to bullshit without a bunch of other stuff going on in mm-hmm. almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff happens when you're running a business. Well, let me let me tell the deer story, and then we'll get into that. We, um, yeah, so we went out, climbed up in the sketchiest tree stand I've ever been in, and uh, more sketchy than that shit you put together. Way, <laughs> that says a lot. Way. The shit I put together was pretty tame. I bet you it's still there. Is my point? This it was sketchy, but it was it was solid. So he did he did a climbing stick. He's taller than me yes. by a good amount. Yeah. So he did his leg max climbing stick around a tree that's too big to put a lineman's row. I mean, that tree is like four whiskey barrels put together. Big. It's a um, hell no. 
It's a hickory tree. Huge. Uh, <clears throat> I was like, hemlock. It's not hemlock. Hemrick. Hemrick. Lamar, Logan, Caleb, Hemrick tree. That's what it was. <laughs> and I could not get a lineman belt around it. Uh, so anyway, there's climbing sticks at Rocco Height, to which I get on the first one, climb to the, and it's and it's altered. So the right side of the climbing stick has a peg right. at the bottom and a peg at the top. So you can't stand both legs on the bottom. You have to be in this climbing position. Yep. So it's there. Once you get to the top, then it's a second one. Get to the top of the second one. There's a third one, and then there's a tree branch that you stand on to the right. Once you get onto the tree branch. You now look across the fucking tree, and there's another tree branch that I had to pull my pants up into my crotch as high as I could, extend my leg out to this tree branch, grab a hold of the seat, and I'm, at this point I'm 25 feet in the air, and then kind of like push and get up on this other tree branch. From that tree branch, you're now a Rocco height step up to a platform. From that platform, you're now over a tree branch onto another platform in which I sat in. And I have it all on video, so you'll be able to see this. He built this himself? He did. He's, and I'm like, of all the people out here to do this, what are you thinking? Massively sketch. Also, the tree I'm genuinely, is, like, Rocco, if you're listening to this, I know you, you do listen to these. I'm, I'm disappointed in your lack of safety, man. <laughs> he had a... He had a he, does, he the camp, a, does the camp have a safety uh, they do. director? They do. I don't <clears> think he's been out there. I'm going to have to have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> The, it did have a hunter's safety line, but yeah. it was on the other side of the... So you could clip in once you got to the top, but you can't clip in on the this way up. This vehicle has seatbelts, but you cannot access it until you reach 90 miles an hour. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but going up is is okay. Coming back down in the dark, that <laughs> is fun. But, you know, I did it successfully six times so over the course of the week. And I uh, only slipped once, and luckily I was pretty much at the bottom. But we're up there. Far, I had to farts, so I was farting a bunch. Not much you can do about it, you know. Oh, it's all right if you're down. If you're down, win. It's no problem. We were when we straight in our face, and he knew where it was coming out because of the cameras. And um, this, as I'm sitting there, I'm looking to where the buck's supposed to come out, and he goes, "There he is." I'm like, and I look straight down, and this eight, the biggest year I've ever seen in my life is eight point. Is sitting there staring at me. Oh no! And I'm like, fuck. So I didn't move, and I got the camera on. It's dusk, and I think he could see the light from the camera. That's mm. what I think he was seeing. I don't know. There's a lot of blue in that light, and they see blue really well. Right, and that's the reason I say that. And if you are a Patreon and Patreon, you listen to our our, uh, our classes, you would know that how much blue they see and compared to natural human eyes. Correct. So much blue, in fact, that if they lived as long as we, if we had the same eyesight they did, we would be blind by twenty. Is that right? Yeah, it's it was some weird number. Twenty or twenty five. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. That's how much blue light they can see. So if you if you hunt in any kind of blues or bluish whites, yeah, but um, shouldn't. Yeah, shouldn't. So he kind of does this gallop and he's gone, and I'm like, okay, good. And but when he did this gallop, you know, I told you about the deer there that do that thud. Yeah, I don't ever see stomp. it anywhere but there. But everyone in that valley, does, every deer I've seen in that valley does it. Interesting. And uh, Rocco says it's it's they're trying to see if you'll if you'll flinch. Huh. So if it's a if it's a predator and they do that thud and then the predator flinches, they'll, they get the fuck out of dodge. Yeah. But if nothing moves when they do that thud, then they're like, I'm seeing shit, and they'll go back to doing fascinating. So they did it, 
And it went 17 and a half yards from where he was standing to the tree, up the tree, into the platform I was standing on and into my chest. That's how heavy that deer was. His you could thug, feel that? I could feel it. Sounds like a small pony or a small horse. Well, then <laughs> the horse walked out. That wasn't the main that No. Was, what? That thing was When he said, a there, baby. there he is, he wasn't talking about the one you saw? No, we thought it was. Uh, but once he got closer, you could see it was an eight point. Okay. So we were just sitting there. And then, so this buck comes back around. He did like the circle. Comes right back through this cut through where mm-hmm. we were looking. There's two little patches of gra- grass or uh, trees there. He comes right back through the middle. And he looks to his left, and I like look out of the corner of my eye, and a a like fifteen hand pony <laughs> steps out, just lines everywhere coming yeah. off the top of its head, and I sit there counting, and I'm like definitely ten. And Rocco's like, I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm like that's a fucking big <laughs> fuck. He's probably hearing your heartbeat. It was massive. It was so big. And so he walks up to the corn butt to us mm-hmm. and just starts eating, never turned around. And so we're sitting there and like we're running out of daylight. So I'm like, Rocco, I'm, I go, like, meh or something. Cause I didn't want to do it and scare the deer away. Sure. So Rocco goes, meh. <laughs> and the buck like picks his head up and kind of like, like a dog would like turn its, tilt its head a little bit. Yeah. Right back down on the corn. So he did it again and the buck like sat up, turned and looked behind him. And right back into the corn. So he did it a third time. Buck didn't even move. And so I said in this loud of a voice, I was like, he's not going to turn around. And the buck didn't give a shit. Did not move. What? Wouldn't move. Didn't care. Wow. And that's what got him killed. <laughs> so. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad he was able to seal the deal on that. Um, well, we gutted him. Yeah. Right there where he laid. Mm-hmm. And then Rocco and I could not pick him up. Couldn't get it into the back of the side by side. Where were you at? I mean, I far, I know the property fairly well. Far away from there. So so you guys were not at. You remember Kudzu? That's right. It was probably another five miles past Kudzu. Really? Yeah. This was his cousin's right. property. This was his cousin's property. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't Camp not Camp Hero property. Yeah. For all those who were. Who were yeah, they're, they're probably Facebook not listening to this anyways. Douche, but but yeah. Um, Someone was getting so the there. CEO gets to kill the big deer, huh? I was like, yeah. well, that wasn't done on Camp he, Hero property. He so. did it on his own time and his own. Uh, his, his, own own money, his own resources, his own, also, his own money. That's it's also, a hundred percent volunteer camp. And yeah. even if he did do it at Camp Hero property, he paid for that property out of his own pocket. All the money that's raised and donated goes to helping yeah. people hunt. If he's able to kill a big buck, then then great. That yeah, that he can use that to help. He deserves it. Get more. He hasn't killed a deer in seven years. Yeah. So it's wild. Not because he hasn't hunted. He just hasn't. Yeah. No. I mean, I've been out there. He's yeah. when he's hunted. He's he just he's just chosen not to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. Cool. But yeah, so we had to take the side by side, put it under that hickory tree, and then pull the the winch out. Oh wow! Run it over the ba- over a branch over yeah. the back of the tree, and then tied it to basically his handlers and, and pull picked him up. up. The front of the side by side was coming up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Rocco had to sit in it to keep it on the ground. Good lord! Yeah, so we got it to the processor, and it was two sixty five gutted. Two sixty five gutted. So three hundred plus on the hoof, easy. Holy hell! Right, that is a big deer. So hang a ring on it, fourteen points. No kidding. Ten, ten points by picture. He had yeah. a couple weird things coming out of his G ones, but congratulations to Rocco, man. That's awesome. Has he, has he decided? Um, I assume he's going to get it mounted. Yes. Does he know? Does he know what he wants to do? He's doing a regular shoulder mount. Regular shoulder mount, yeah. 
Very cool, man. Yeah. Happy for him. And all the guys out there that shot deer. I mean, there's a bunch that were yeah, able to. a bunch of guys killed deer. I got eyes on one, and um, I went to shoot it. It was the first time I was hunting out of a saddle, and uh, the huh. string hit my arm, oh, and my arm is still sore, and it's been over a week, I think. How um, were you shooting with your your compound, right? Yeah, because I forgot the arrows during recurve. That's right. I remember you telling me that. How was the saddle, though? Tell me about that. So the first time I – so it's great. Uh, I will say that. Um, but you get new pressure points that you're not used to, mainly in your hips and – and, uh, you just got to get acclimated side. to it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's just like riding a bicycle. First time you ride a bike, you're like, man, my butthole fucking hurts. <laughs> but you ride it enough, you get beat up enough, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's fine. But the saddle is extremely comfortable. I do recommend some kind of knee pad for the tree. I used a bag, and the bag sticks out far, so my angle of attack was yeah. kind of weird, and I ended up straddling the <clears> bag, and I think that's what caused a lot of my hip pain. So when, and when you refer to the knee pads, this is for anchoring yourself whenever you're Pivoting and moving. No, if you're just chilling, just, taking, oh, just to chill. Yeah, okay. you're just because it's like leaning back um, with your feet on the mm-hmm. on the platform. Most comfortable way to sit there for sure. Uh, and then mine came with a shoulder strap. You just put it around your shoulders and hook it into the D loop, and you can lean back almost like a recliner. Nice. It's really nice. Um, definitely the most comfortable way. But over time, you know, your knees are like, yeah. let's do something else. <laughs> yeah. So any of the attachments, any 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 of that sketchy or. Uh, the first time Freaky I got up in bit. there, I was like, this is, I'm doing it wrong. I got to be, because there's no way this is all that's keeping me. Because leaning back like that and all that's keeping you from falling is this tree, is this rope. Yeah, yeah. And then I started looking at how the rope's made and it's like a rope that was circled into itself, stitched together and then glued. And then they have this covering over it to keep it. Yeah. But it's all clear and it's got some dude's signature in it. So he's responsible if it breaks, you know. Oh, no shit. But then I'm like, doesn't really mean anything. If he's just, it yeah. doesn't matter. If I fall the tree and break my back. Like, okay, what, well, does this guy get fired? I mean, I don't really... The signature didn't do anything for me. If yeah. anything, it made it a little worse. <laughs> a human did this? Yeah, I'm like, great. <laughs> fucking Rick Sanchez. Yeah. Rick came in and fucking had tied one on the night before. Drunk, yeah. Missed one. Did a half Hitchcock <laughs> knot instead of a full or whatever. You know, I don't know knots. But, yeah, I know what you mean, though. But yeah, well, it's, um, but it was pretty comfortable. I liked it. Did the, the sitting into the tree thing is definitely key and i would get something that just not not i wouldn't wear any pads just something you strapped to the tree gotcha okay but and also i learned the smaller the tree is like your size whatever your chest size is that's what you need to look for that's the move because you'll spend most of the time a little lean into one way or the other and also before you climb a tree make sure you don't climb a tree that's if it's if it's because something all trees are straight up sure so if it's got an angle to it make sure you're on that the falling side of the angle because if you're on this side, oh, you're like just the like lean standing side, up on it. Well, it's just weird. You can't sit down because it's it, gravity wants to pull you. Right. That's what I'm saying. You almost it, just remember you're like a pendulum. Yeah, yeah. So whatever your anchor point is, that's yeah. that's going to be your anchor point. Okay. That's interesting. I uh, oh, I haven't gotten, I haven't picked up a saddle yet. But well, after several days of it, it's it's the move, the way to go. Yeah. Are you uh, are you still hunting in Georgia this weekend? Yes. Um, are you going to bring the saddle? Or they got some other I'm set up there. Bring a saddle. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to take any bucks or anything. There's one cold deer I'm gonna that I'm, that's available. Yeah, but it's really just does. I've got guys I work with, and then I have four different, I want to say, families that I kind of help feed, and I haven't been able to do that for a couple of years. And they keep asking, so I get this opportunity. Guys, are like you can go down there, 
It's like does need to be thinned out. I don't know how much big there is, and I, you know I hate killing does at this point of the year, but does not bother me one bit. They're gonna survive. I will. Uh, There's I'll nothing sh- in spot, so we'll shoot a doe any time of year. Just about. I just don't want to kill Bambi's mom. But well, I won't, yeah. I mean, there's, there's... That's what I mean. You yeah, never know. Yeah, yeah. Just because the, the fawn's not there doesn't mean it doesn't have one. Yeah. But once you get in South Carolina, once you get into about now is when we were starting to see the milk not being in the does that were brought right. in. Right. So. And another another plug for our for our uh, Patreon content, um, most fawns after the... Once they reach the weaning period where they're weaning yeah. off, which is, I think... I forget the the number of weeks, but this, their survival rate by themselves is 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 pretty yeah. pretty solid. So it's they're gonna they're, well, it's like what is it? Uh, it takes four four fawn to make one doe, but once they get to whatever when they're weaned and they start to eat real food, right? They're probably gonna make it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that was, was new. Anything? That was the hunting stuff. I had um. Do you have a fact or a plug? I have a fact, and then uh, some hunting stuff to get into towards the end, but. Uh, Unless you have other stuff to talk about. Well, I have something. It's not really a fact or a plug. I was I could make it work as a fact, but well, I don't know. Just I'll, I have a I have a pretty specific fact. So won't you do the fact? We'll talk to fact, then we'll roll into this. <clears throat> How long did it take you to to cut that track? You have a great voice. Mm. You guys don't know this, but uh, yeah, Matt is actually a very solid. Uh, Tenor to soprano, I mean, yeah, or alto to soprano. Yeah, he's got a great range. Uh, anyways, today what was it? Daddy was daddy sang bass. <laughs> Mama sang tenor. Remember that song? Yeah, no, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this week's fact of the week is the fact of the week brought to you by Whiskey and Whitetails. Go to sure can be. Yeah, go to whiskeyandwhitetails.com. Use code podcast get twenty percent off all of our fantastic premium barrel made products designed specifically. For those who love good whiskey and the great outdoors, bam! Yeah, that was fucking good. That was you, good. You like it? All right. And so our apparel is <laughs> off. It's uh, should, we should have it back soon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We are working on that. Uh, shirts coming soon. Hoodies. They're, they're at the guy's place. Hoodies. We'll probably do another order yeah, of because those are those are fun. It's that time of year, and I'm trying to get a hold of a fucking hat company that will cooperate and respond yeah. to me. If you know a hat company, or own a hat company, <laughs> and want to make hats for us, we're uh, I either in the market. Get a, I either get an automated response or I get a, uh, a half-assed response that doesn't answer yeah. my questions. And my, we're so busy, I, just, I don't have the energy to go back and forth for 20 yeah. minutes with someone or four days over email. If you can't answer two simple questions off the rip, then I have a heart. I just, I just can't. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'm going by that trophy place that's right next door to Charleston Cotton Exchange. So maybe I'll go talk to them again. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. So, all right, all right, back to the week. So, many people are aware uh, that deer make scrapes, right? It's part of their uh, their communication process, right? Their call post, whatever you want to call it. Calling post, communication post. Uh, it is something they do to communicate and leave their scent abound, right? You will see deer squat and pee over their, um, the, their, their, their glands there. Their, 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 not, is it torsal glands? Yes. yes. Uh, on the back of their Foots or legs, and then we, I'm having a hard time <laughs> with like words. Feet and legs at the same time. It's at the, it's at the same time. Um, but a lot of people believe that they scrape and they make they paw the leaves and pine needles and stuff out of the way to the dirt because they want because they don't want to waste that urine mm-hmm. peeing on leaves. But that is in fact not what's happening. Deer actually have a scent gland, a gland in between their toes that produces. Betwixt. 
betwixt their toes. <laughs> uh, and it, it secretes and creates this almost cheese-like substance that has a bit of a rancid butter smell mm-hmm. to it. Uh, and that is one of their ways of communicating scent. They're, they're scraping to deposit that that material that they produce from that gland into the dirt and into the into the ground on in addition to their 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 pee-pee. And that is why your mock scrapes probably don't work. Well, the mock scrapes may work, but like 97% of deer scraping activity is done at night. Yeah. So if you're looking to use it as a way to pattern deer maybe for their evening movements, it might it might be you know you can also smart. force them not and look I, people are going to hear this and say oh, I've killed deer over scrape I'm not saying pe- they don't go to scrapes or rubs during the day just saying that the majority of them do not and so, we know this because of biology because science yeah we follow the science we did follow the science <laughs> some now other, I don't trust some it some other people <laughs> now the class is bullshit yeah um, so yeah I thought that was an interesting fact I that that whole class uh, the deer steward level one class has been fascinating um, I told you right when when I because I started it before you did and yeah. I was like dude you're gonna watch this and be like my whole life I've been wrong dude, but there's now so, listening to it you're like that makes total perfect sense so much more sense yeah. and and the way that they uh, the way that the guys teach the class, uh, it's entertaining. It's easy to listen to, uh, and you know they're good old boys, kind of just like us. They just they're really smart when it comes yeah. to this stuff. And PhDs it's, it's, and whatnot. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's the your random fact of the week. Uh, they are not scraping and pawing at the the ground because they don't want to waste pee on the leaves or pee on the leaves. They're depositing scent. a different type of scent. And if you want to learn stuff like that, as we said, yeah, they have before. eight eight different glands that they believe all play yeah. a role in communicating scent and such. A couple of them that they're that don't, um, the ones in the in the eye. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, that's it. What do you got, man? Well, I was just gonna say, if you want to learn that and more, yes. as we've said before, you go to Patreon.com/slash Whiskey Mike Tells. And I believe the twenty dollars and up classes will get you a uh, into that. Yes. And it's well worth it. Each class, each week, or each month is. Uh, yeah. Should have brought that Kings County to drink. We'll do that next week. Should have for for sure. So I wanted to talk about quiet quitting. Oh, okay. Do you know what that is? I've heard about it. Been, so, been doing it for years. No, I'm kidding. Well, that's yeah, okay. So when it was explained to me, they were like, quiet quitting is when you just, you you want to quit and you don't want to tell anyone you're going to quit. And I'm like, that doesn't, that sounds dumb. So I looked it up. That's not what it is. Quiet quitting is when you do the bare minimum and quest for a better life work balance. So do whatever you got to do at work. That way you can go home. What we used to call it was Working to live, not living to work. Yes. Um, I don't know that quiet quitting would be how you would describe. Here, here's the thing. My life? Yeah. Know? I mean, um, I definitely don't do the bare minimum. But same. I also am not interested in going too far above and beyond. Like, I'll go above and beyond if it's within the ease of me to do it. Like, I'm not one of those guys that be like, that's not my job. And didn't say I'm not going to do it. I sure. will do it. But I, But do you know about fat fire? Fat fire? Yeah, that's where this was going. No, do tell. So fat fire, like I think they put fat just because um, like quiet quitting. They wanted to make it cool with two Fs. But fire stands for financial independence and retirement early. Okay. So this way of thought is you work your ass off as much as possible in the early years. And so this guy's name was Joshua in the story. And he made... A startup company worked his ass off, worked seven days a week for years, and and built this company, and then sold it for thirteen million dollars. Sure, 
kept the $13 million plus some investments that he had made along the way, mm-hmm. and now he's retired at 30 years old. Good for him. Yeah, so that's Fat Fire. So they're like, the big debate here is, do you want to be Fat Fire or quiet quitting? Do you want to work forever? Okay. Right, so I'm like, well, let's look it up. How much do you need to retire? Do you remember what the number used to be? Yeah, roughly. Well, it was like a million. It was 80% of whatever. It was, it was like a million dollars. Well, if, if you go based on like the average cost of living yeah. and what you it's think. It's like 40000 a year, I think. Yeah, something like that. So 40000 a year. Let's see what a million divided by. I should have done this math already. But luckily, I have a calculator in my pocket. So $40,000 a year. That gives you. Uh, oh, I did that wrong. 100000 divided by. Forty thousand. That still sounds weird. That's twenty twenty five hundred years. I don't know how to do the math. I don't do math. But I can tell you this: today, according to BayRate.com, yeah, if you were thinking of retiring right now, you need to have two million dollars in the bank. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that means I will be quiet quitting for the, until the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. B- both of those things are are noble, right? Uh, I think the what would you call it fat firing? Um, yeah, I think the idea of doing that is is really cool, and that's going to work for a handful of people. But that that kind of lifestyle, it, you know, it it begs being single for a long time, not having a family, having right. few friends. And it's that's, too late for me to do that. Well, same. And and but I think back to my to my early twenties after college, if I decided to just double down on that, like. How many people successfully can start a business to sell for thirteen million? It doesn't matter how hard you work. Not a lot, right? So my point is that the whole fat fire thing is—it's—it's it's not attainable for most people. Yeah. like you're just not going to be able to do it. And now I'm in that boat. It's not attainable for me, um, unless I like one day well, I come up with a genius idea, right. patent it. And sell I think it's it and a, then... I think it's obtainable for us in a different way. But it's not—we're not retiring at thirty. Obviously, we're past thirty. Yeah. Um, well, so I mean, but also quiet quitting. I think. I think it. It gives people, like you were saying, uh, this impression that those people are just coasting and just doing the bare minimum and are yeah. shit employees. But really, I think what it means is you're not staying late multiple times a week to try and impress someone or do or cover someone, Make else's, someone work. else's money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's taken me years to to reach the point where I'm okay with going. You know what? I've worked my hours for today. And this can wait till tomorrow. I and don't have the option to have overtime. I can't get it. So I can, and in those few, in those few instances, I, I am happy to, uh, yeah, to work the extra. Uh, but I'm not going to out of my own pocket at the expense of my own mental health or time with my kids or family. I'm not going to close myself up in an office or, or a room yeah. in my house and just work for the sake of, of I, working and be, for the time off. Yeah, if I for reach sure. forty hours, like guess yeah. what? I don't have to work Friday. Right. Yeah, uh, to take the day off, I can do a lot more in, uh, in a free day than I can usually with the extra cash that I would be making that day. For sure. I um, also think that those like those numbers for like $2 million, I think like if I were to retire right now with $2 million, I could probably live off of that the rest of my life. If, you know, talk to a financial advisor and do it, yeah. do it smart. But I feel like that number is meant for people who have – lived a certain extent a certain amount in their life and like yeah. they like, like they don't have a mortgage payment anymore right, or yeah. things like that because i see two million and i'm like well you can kiss be, you can kiss a fourth yeah. of that goodbye on a house yeah, I'd be broke real quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. It's um, it's it's. Yeah, I'm like year two into my 30 year mortgage. So it's there's no way two million would right. pay my mortgage off after 30. I mean, not happening. I guess it might. I mean, I don't know how much is your interest on. No, I mean, I got to eat and pay for. I'm saying, you know, I got a truck there's loan, other stuff. Everything I have is on loan. Yeah, I have to either get rid of everything or. Yeah. You own nothing and you're working. happy, right? Yeah, I own, I own absolutely nothing and that's I'm what happy. The, that's what the World Economic Forum says. That's what that's what they should be. You're going to own nothing and be happy. Yeah. I don't own anything. There's stuff that sits in my driveway, Owning stuff is for suckers. Yeah, I don't... I use other people's money. My problem with owning stuff is, like, it's always going to degrade in value. Correct. Which, like, I'll sell it before I pay my loan off, so... I'm not really going to lose any money by... No. I was also always told if you uh, if you have a loan and you stumble into some cash, not to pay the loan off, use the cash for something else. Because then you're just you're right back in the same situation you're in. What was I've the point of getting that cash? Done that multiple times in my life. Coming to little nest eggs, I'm like, ah, oh, pay off debt. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I have no debt, but I'm still. But. And then I was listening to a thing. Because it frees up cash flow, but it's not a lot. Right. Right, and that free cash flow generally just leads you back into more debt, more debt, or or, or bad spending. Habits. I definitely have a problem with bad spending. But someone said something one day. That's this business guy. This entrepreneur like log into my bank account. This investor. <laughs> this investor, and he was like, you know, when you come into those those nest eggs, instead of using that money to pay pay off debts or to uh, pay for things that you want. Use that money to start or buy businesses or buy assets that generate revenue. Yeah. Who whose revenue can pay for those debts and pay off those the other things, and that's that's my wife and I's latest like a trailer approach. Yeah, we're actually yeah we're gonna yeah 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 like the trailer. Yeah, we should do something with the trailer. We should. Oh, it says uh, yeah. Want to do that at another time? Alrighty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that that was what I had, and then if we have an extra, no, we'll just use the same one. We could do our our new segment. Okay. So we, if you listen to last week's podcast, we were talking to Perry about his uh, some of the stuff they do. But he has a segment where they where they drink a sample, and we thought it was nifty. Yeah, we were like, we need to. We, we get lots of samples. Yeah, we get samples. We should do that. So we're now going to open the floor. If you have samples and you want to send them to us. Right. 5841 Rivers Avenue, Suite 106A, North Charleston, 29406. And look, we're not the the whiskey tribe. We're not asking you to send us bottles upon bottles. No, 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 we ain't no. got the place we, or the no, space no, no, or none no. of that. We're talking a two-ounce sample. Two-ounce sample, please. Yeah, That's all we what's in it. <laughs> and we'll give you a shout-out. This week's... Sample that I just grabbed out of the stash there is from Ryan Allen. That's at ry underscore Allen on Instagram, and he sends us a Russell's Reserve, ooh, Blue Streak pick. So, this segment, without further ado, thank you to our patrons for helping us come up with a name. And this one in particular was done by Lamar Hemrick, great guy, Lamarticus online, and uh, and this is. We're gonna play that we're gonna play with it a few times before we finally clip it and be we'll, like, we'll nail it down. This is the one. But this segment is called Just the Sip. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to uh Just the Sip. Where we're gonna take a sip of this whiskey and then uh, just one sip and we're gonna give you a quick review on it. 
and then we'll probably continue to drink it because, yeah. So this is a Russell's Reserve Blue Street pick, again, from Ryan Allen. Thank you, sir. It smells pretty good. It smells like a Russell's Reserve. Get that turkey funk. Yep, pretty straightforward. I get some tobacco, almost tobacco smoke out of it in the, in the nose. Black tea. Mm. <clears throat> okay, I'll go first. Here's my just a sip. Just, just the sip. Just the sip. Just the one sip. That's what we're going to base our review and our opinion on. Just the one sip. Very dry. Is it? Good oily mouthfeel, though. Let me cleanse the palate. Mm. So I get some of that dustiness, but a lot of it. But it does have a good cherry hint. Lots of oak on it there. There's a little cinnamon. My left nostril's working better today. Well, almost that? like cinnamon spice on the back end, too. Oh, wow. should try that sometime. Yeah? That's you a ride. It? <laughs> no, I just like, someone said, have you ever broken your nose or you have a deviated septum? If mm-hmm. you take your nose and pull it up, it opens that up and you can breathe like the way you're supposed to breathe. And That's I did it the other day and I realized I haven't known how to, I haven't yeah. felt proper breathing since I was a little kid, I think. First time I, I broke it. my nose. <laughs> yep. Anyways, <clears throat> when do you usually do it? Uh, I used to do when I was running. Oh, you should just hold your nose up. Yeah, and all, and then of course doing coke in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get, what's your sip? Uh, very good. I like the um, the you said cherry dryness was my first. So dry, but it does have an oily, yeah. a good oily mouthfeel. Uh, a little sweet, kind of a cherry vanilla. I don't know. It's good. Yeah, it's it's very straightforward. Russell's, oak. Russell's Reserve. It's not. Yeah, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. Whoever did the pick. Yep, very good. Whoever did the pick should be proud. Yeah. So awesome. Well, that was uh, just the sip. That was that was that was uh, just the sip. <laughs> You're gonna we have to do a take without us giggling. Like I know it kids. might be better with the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. That's good. All right. So, uh, did you have a plug for the week? Did. What if we got rid of the plug and replaced it with this? Let's do that. Get rid of the plug, replace it with that. Because the plug of the week is the one thing we always like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's really the listener's fault for not giving us things. Yeah. Fuck you guys. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We love all of you. Every single one of you. Every single one. Yeah, every single one. Yeah, maybe we'll replace that with just the zip, and that'll be. I don't know. We'll think about it. It's our podcast. We do what we want. <clears throat> yeah, we can also. I, I will say, I'm going to plug that Insta360 again. If you want to throw that back in the show notes. Yeah. Excuse me. The um, I'll send you that code again. But yeah. the or you probably still have it. I don't. It's on the. It's on the last episode. No, the link was not because uh, I, I never could get it to work. Oh uh, well. Okay, should have told me. I will. Um, I tried, but you were <clears throat> gone. Yeah, I'll send you the affiliate link. Remind me. But that camera's pretty sick now that I've used it twice. But it's awesome for hunting. I put it out in front of us, and um, you could see the deer, you could see us, you could see everything in one shot, depending on how you how you turn it. But um, it gives you tons of angles. Yeah, which is cool because you it's like no longer do you have to worry about is this in frame because you can frame. 360 degrees. It's, it's all in frame. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I liked it a lot. So I'm going to definitely be using it um, for other things. But that might be the easiest way to film hunts, I think. So are you, where are you setting it up? Like right above you? Or I'll you put it on the tree stand. Somewhere? I, I extend it out with the selfie stick thing. And, yeah. Um, that's that it. It's just everything directly below it is in, you can't see. It's invisible. Okay. Um, which is, you know, an inch wide. Straight right. Down. Yeah, yeah. For like foot and then after that it's it's all that's why in some in some uh in some of the videos when the person's holding it up like you see everything except their hand like it just looks like they yeah makes sense yep but that selfie stick is long enough that you could technically just what's cool about it is you can swirl it around and then highlight you and it'll always keep you in focus interesting so it doesn't get it's not shaky it's a genius idea and i think it's perfect for hunting because it's very small you don't have to bring a whole camera setup you won't be able to get you know super zoom on it that makes all those Motorcycle videos make more sense. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the main thing people use for is the motorcycle videos, which Got is it. why I was interested in getting one. And then I started reading about it. Because not for me, but so when I get T-boned or something, right? Like, there's a license plate number in there. Yeah, yeah. But I saw a motorcycle accident this morning. It was already done. <sighs> saw a bad accident last night, yeah. I read about that one. I actually fought it. Mm. There's another I'm sure there's another. Oh, there's bad accidents everywhere. Yeah. Over. yeah, this bike was... Kind of ripped in half, laying in the middle of the of twenty six. No body. There was some liquid on the ground. Couldn't tell what it was. Probably just gas. But cops were there. People gas. <laughs> the stuff that makes people go. Yeah, not the stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You couldn't couldn't really tell. It was, yeah. it was like you know seven o'clock in the morning or something. Dude, you could not. You could, I don't think you could pay me enough to ride a motorcycle on Ashley Phosphate. Fuck no, no. I dude, I don't like leaving James Island. I'll go to Folly. I'll, I'll ride around James Island, go to Folly, and I'll go out to John's Island. One day I'll come downtown. But yeah. after after um, Patrick Pat got killed right yeah. there at the connector downtown, yeah. and box truck got, and then everybody online was like, he should have been wearing a helmet. But like he was hit that. by a box truck. Yeah. Did the guy hit him from the, the, the rear end him or what? Rear end him. Yeah. Distracted driving is what he was charged with. Not manslaughter or anything no. else. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, that's fucked. All right. Well, okay. Now that we've uh, brought it down, let's bring it back up. Um, Bring it up, Chuck. Well, you mentioned hunting this week in Georgia. Have you been able to do any prep? Do you know anything about the area you're going? Answer's Um, probably no. No. And so that's a great segue into the stuff that I had uh, prepared for this week with regard WRT with regard to. Yeah. The uh, some some tips that we have for uh, whitetail hunting out of state, and this specifically is is stuff that you can do to improve your chances of success when you're in a situation like you are, which is going to hunt out of state, kind of last minute, cool opportunity presented presented itself, but you've never been, and you don't have a whole lot of uh, experience or background right with that area. So here are eight tips. For whitetail hunting out of state. Um, and we'll just go ahead and go through these and discuss them a little bit. Most of them are pretty straightforward, and they, they apply to not just hunting out of state, but they definitely apply to hunting out of state. The first is e-scouting the location, right? I mean, you can if you don't know anything about the area you're going, you can at least do that. Yeah. You can at least look at tree lines, transitions from hardwoods, you know, to pines. Google Maps. Look, yeah, look yeah. at um, water sources, the potential you know, fields for feeding. There's plenty you can do to get somewhat familiar with where you might want to hunt. Or if you can get, uh, if you can talk to somebody and get an idea of 
hey, there's a stand located in this spot. This is the direction it's facing. Yeah, what's the left, what's to the right? Yeah, you can start looking at, you know, how's the, what's the wind direction that day, how's the weather looking, and, you know, maybe make some of your preparations. Um, so, yeah, one is, you know, scout the location the best you can um, and, and keep in, you know, take into account the fact that you are only looking at a computer, right? There's a lot of things that can change. Um, we've been... We've had our, our our hunting where we hunt regularly has been logged a couple times. If you go look at Google Maps right now, yeah, it doesn't always account for yeah the way it that. actually so, looks today. So you may you may see a great tree line. You know, there's a transition from hardwoods to pines. There's you know looks like some probably some uh, acorns drop and there's a food source and you show up and it's been timbered and it's completely fucking flat for thirty acres or it's a com- giant pond. That's gonna break your ankle if you go walking through it. Yeah, we've experienced that too. I guess where it's a lake, not really a pond. It's f- that <clears> that <throat> thick. whole area is such a nightmare. And if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about, but part of our property was was timbered or logged by a logging company. It's also swampy. It's the start of a, a local river in the area. Um, I'll leave it at that. But over the years, all that all the fell timber uh, has sunk and has been covered by water. So trying to hunt ducks back there. Which is a great spot to hunt ducks. If you want, you can, you can, it can take you 20 minutes to walk yeah. 30 yards because you're having to step so carefully and make sure that you don't step between a rock, break an ankle, and chest deep water. And one day those logs like start to slip and then shift. Yeah. Or somebody, Scary. people swear there's alligators back there. I don't, I don't think so. I've never but seen any. Never know. You might, you might not to say they couldn't be back there. Couldn't be right. Anyways, uh, number two, bring what you need to be flexible with hunting location, right? It's not like your home or normal spot where you know you have your stand or you know your saddle location where you like to, you know, your your tree you like for your saddle or anything else. You need to be flexible and be prepared. So, you know, bring some options. If I'm going somewhere I'm not familiar with, I like, like when we go to North Carolina every once in a while, I like to bring a ground blind. Yeah. And a climber just to make sure. And you know, we have you have family up there that has stands and things like that, which is is very convenient and helpful. But you know, what if there's a great spot that doesn't have either of those? You want to be able to be flexible. So make sure you're um, you're taking that into consideration. Bring what you need to be successful. Uh, make sure you know and understand the rules and regulations. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day, uh, how North Carolina is implementing a bunch of stuff and around a certain county for cwd right you know that stuff changes year to year so make sure you're up to date with with all those regulations make sure you have your tags your licenses all that kind of crap um david per- was telling me that he doesn't think he's in th- they think they he think they only found like one deer that had it. that's all it takes yeah that's all it and takes. now it's like the entire that whole county and the two counties surrounding it are now under right if you kill a deer it's got to be checked yeah and that's that's the way they do it man it's and it's um I don't know what the I, I I don't know it's it's a mess but it it changes and impacts everybody but uh, yeah just keep up to date with that and that'll help you out along the way. Make sure you have a means of transporting meat right mm-hmm. and like we were just talking about make sure you understand what the laws are regarding CWD because it changes what you can and can't transport from state to state what you can and can't bring to a processor. So if you're planning on uh, bringing home some meat, make sure that you have a cooler and you know the rules. The rules and regs. No spine and brainal cords and whatnot. Correct. Brainal cords. Uh, and, 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 yeah, no brainal cords, bro. <laughs> and, and, and you know, make sure you're doing your part as, you know, 
with regard to conservation. And if, if you're in an area that's requiring testing and you kill a deer, make sure you bring what you need to to whichever check-in yeah. station to, to do your part. Let's see. Uh, bring a um, modular, I'll call it modular, um, clothing system, meaning something that you can build on, something that allows you to layer Get yourself warmer or cooler, depending on what you need. Because when you're hunting somewhere you're not familiar with, sometimes you know what's sixty degrees here in Charleston is different than sixty degrees up north, where there's no humidity. Yeah. You know, and it may be a little more, a little windier. You know, and sometimes that could be if you can't afford a modular system, you could just buy an outer garment. Just lay, yeah, you just can layer underneath. Right, just have yeah. layers. Like you can definitely go spend a lot of money on uh, Sitka First Light, you know, whatever Under Armour and get a full system um, works well together. Everything matches, blah, blah, blah. But the deer don't give a shit if it matches. So it's not yeah. a requirement, uh, but definitely helps you be flexible and um, not be uncomfortable for those, those long sits. Um, I used to always do just a waterproof jacket because it's water and windproof. Yep. And so that's what you wear all the time. Well, it's not only that, as but long as it doesn't make a bunch of swish, swish sounds. Right. And the other thing is that because of the the material those are made out of, they're generally pretty warm because they don't breathe super well. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll it'll help you stay warm too. Um, the next one is eat, eat food, eat. When you get to camp, um, whether you're camping or staying somewhere, make sure you're planning your meals. You know, make sure you know what you're going to bring to snack on. Make sure you eat something in the morning if you're going to sit all day. Make sure you have planned what you're going to cook that evening. It just eliminates decision making and extra logistics if you plan your meals, you know what you're going to eat and you're not hungry or, or wanting to snack a bunch while you're in the tree stand. So bring your licky chewies. For yeah, bring snacks. Yep. Yep. Bring your licky chewies and make sure that you're eating a good breakfast or a good dinner so that you're not, uh, so you're satiated before you go hunt in the morning or in the evening. Uh, seventh is sleep. You're, you're not worth a damn if you're nodding off when, you know, a 45 point 400 pound buck walks in front of you. I slept in that saddle. You slept in that saddle. How yeah. was that? It's good. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't end up upside down. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about saddle naps. So. Who knows what I've missed, though? <laughs> That's true. You never know. So make sure you're getting sleep and, and, and optimizing your energy levels for the day. And then number eight, and, and I think this applies anywhere, not just hunting out of state, but stay in the woods. Like, you yeah. can't, if you're going to tr- go through all the trouble of traveling and doing all the stuff we just talked about to hunt out of state, stay in the damn tree and the, or in the blind. And increase yeah. your chance. You can't kill it from the couch or from the cabin or from the hotel, wherever you're at. So the bar, keep the bar, keep your ass in the woods so you can have some success. And that is eight that, that those are eight tips for hunting out of state, hunting a whitetail out of state. And actually that probably applies to hunting a lot of stuff out of state. I think it does. Yeah. So we had guys kill deer right in the middle of the day. And then most of it was at night, but um, those were heavily patterned bucks. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to come out that for the past six months it's been coming out right at the exact same time. Yeah. Which worked well for us. I mean, for Rocco's, it was, um, we were in the stand like two and a half hours. Damn. Tagged out for the year. Nice. Nice. That's good. But yeah, that's all I had for today, man. Yeah. I think those are great points. Fantastic points. (sighs) I try. Let us know what you think about the, uh, just the sip. Should we give it two sips? No, because then, then, then it's just, just the, the sips. two sips. Yeah, just the sip, man. Just the sip. Do a big sip. Yeah. We can, yeah. Do, we can do secret sips if we have to. And uh, we're, we're in a glass in here, but next time we'll do the same, the sip at the same, we'll both take the sip at the same time. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else for this week? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think, but I don't believe I got anything. All right. Well, that puts us a little shy of our normal one hour, but that's okay. We went over last week, and we're both busier than one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. So That's what they say. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us. As always, folks, let us know what you think in the comments or in the wherever. I don't know. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know. Let us know something. Just say something. Just like, hey. Hey. Leave a review. Leave? Yeah. Five stars. Five stars. Say, like, these guys rock. These guys are my rock. (laughs) My rock in a hard place. All right. Well, can I be the hard place and you be the rock? I'll be the rock. Okay. I'm going to quiet quit. You ready to quiet quit? We're going to quiet quit. Are you ready to quiet quit while we talk and just. Yeah. Yeah. We're just quiet quit. We're just quiet. We're just going to quietly go away and fade into the boring part.